Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode was sponsored by Girls Can Crate, a subscription box inspiring girls to believe that they can be and do anything. Real women make the best heroes, and every month they deliver them to your front door. And by Ellen Gross, Jill Harrigan, Chantelle Oliver, Jamie Lang, Mandy Booty, Mari B. Hedgecoff, Monique Harris-Pixado, Heather McLeod Huff, Laura Chauvin, Rachel B. Tiven, Taylor Skillen, Laura Garcia Almeida, Erin Patterson, Deborah Wastel, and Jessica DeMarco Jacobson. Thank you so much for being our sponsors. We couldn't do it without you. Hi, Olivia. Hi, Katie. Here's my hypothetical for today. All right. Would you build a sandcastle if you knew someone was planning to come by and ruthlessly smash all the sandcastles on the beach? Oh, man. Are they going to do it <laughs> while I'm there? Um, yeah, while you're there. It could be a long time. It could be many hours. Hmm. You'll be there, though. Uh, yes. I, I have seen enough sand mandalas made to believe Ooh. that... It's the journey that mm. matters. But I would still be mad. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, let's see if that same attitude works on a larger scale. Uh-oh. Probably not. Would you build a life <gasps> if you knew someone was coming to destroy it? Oh, man. You know, like home, family, garden, pets, podcasts. I don't know. Just whatever, <laughs> whatever parts of life make life beautiful. Would you yeah. build such a life knowing someone was coming to destroy it? Uh, well, yes, because we all are doing that all the time. Bad stuff can happen anytime mm-hmm. and all you can do is build the kind of life that you would want to keep having. Yeah, on an everyday basis I feel like we mostly live like none of that bad stuff is really going to happen, you know. Like, it feels like our life is fairly stable and permanent. But what if you knew someone is coming to destroy your life? Mm. Well, I have for you today the story of Zazel Ha, a Mayan woman who built the sandcastle when she knew people were coming to smash it. Hmm. Zazel Ha. Spell spell that, please. Z-A-Z-I-L, sometimes spelled Z-A-C-I-L, dash Ha, H-A. Zazel Ha. Zazel Ha. Fabulous name. Yes. But not only did she build the sandcastle, she built it when all the people around her were telling her not to to do that. Mm. They were saying, this is the wrong sandcastle. This is, you've got the design completely wrong. Mm. (laughs) Is my sandcastle metaphor holding up here? (laughs) You have to fortify it. And she followed her heart, not her head, and not what anyone else was saying. She did what was right for her. Mm. But by doing that, she saved her entire community. Ah, 
I love those <laughs> kinds of stories. <laughs> this is the story of the conquest of the Yucatec Maya. Hmm. The Maya of the Yucatan Peninsula. Hmm. And before I went to Mexico last month, I had never heard this story. And every aspect of this plot line surprised me. Hmm. This is not the narrative of conquest that we've come to expect. Oh, good. It's a love story of the most incredible kind. Hmm. And it's a story that the Yucatec Maya have told for centuries as the powerful love story that created their race. Hmm. Do we get a happy ending? Mm, oh, depends man. on yeah. how you define a happy ending. That means no. <laughs> but it's a beautiful story. It, it's a beautiful Ugh. tragedy. All right. It's a conquest story like I'd never heard. And I was just sitting there thinking, wow, what if... Zazulha. What if what if this amazing woman and her story was at the heart of the story of the conquest of Mexico? Hmm. I'm Katie Nelson. And I'm Olivia Mickle. And this is What's Her Name? Fascinating Women You've Never Heard Of. For me, sitting in a magical cenote in Acumal, uh, in Mexico. Wait, what's a cenote? Cenote is a cave or sometimes just a cavernous hole full of, like, usually crystal clear blue and green water. Mm. There are thousands of them spread across the whole of the Yucatan Peninsula. It's straight up Pirates of the Caribbean. Just picture, like, cool. where do you hide your pirate treasure? That's it. <laughs> we, we, uh, I just rewatched Goonies with my children. Hey! It's Goonies. That, yeah, that's Cenote. That's it. All right. Cool. <laughs> you can picture it perfectly. I want to go to there. Actually, I'll have a forthcoming episode all about them and another Ooh. fascinating woman associated with them. Cool. So, I'm sitting in this magical cenote in Akumal, listening to my guest, Gabrielle Keme, who goes by Gabo, tell the story of the revered mother of his race. It was profound. Hmm. Okay, my name is uh, Gabriel Keme. Okay, I am a, a Maya native to uh, Acumal, uh, Quintana Roo, Mexico, and it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. So I went to Mexico on a research trip about a month ago. Traveling in COVID times was an adventure in itself. Mm. <laughs> I'd never been to Mexico before, and it was a very surprising trip where I ended up being able to like help uh, the sea turtles nesting in the middle of the night because all the scientists were locked down in the cities. And I can hardly believe any of it was real, just yeah. thinking back on it. <laughs> and my verdict is, Quintana Roo is a magical, wonderful, delicious, beautiful place. And I want to go back right now. I want to go back all the time. <laughs> oh, good. We went glamping in the rainforest. Cool. It was amazing. The glamping village supported a wildlife rehabilitation center. Mm. So we went on a tour of this reserve. Mm. We're driving deep into the rainforest with our guide, Gabo, piled into his truck. Most of us were just like sitting in the back of the truck. We drove down this impossibly bumpy dirt road <laughs> into another world. Spider monkeys and blue morpho butterflies, colorful macaws. Mm. And as Gabo showed us around, it was quickly clear to me that Gabo is a special person. 
Cool. He radiated a kind of love and respect for the place, a connection mm. to the place that I swear the animals could sense because like the spider monkeys, they loved him to death. They would wrap themselves around his head. <laughs> <laughs> they had this affection for him. Mm. And he was a storyteller. I love history, you know, and I like getting deeper, you know, and the deeper I get, uh, sometimes I realize that um, sometimes the history is not tell the way it should be, you know, and it's being manipulated in some way. And I like to be to 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 do my own version, you know, of the history. And I try to imagine how the stuff, you know, happens. I try to put myself in the situ like mentally in the situation, uh, without the technology that we have. Uh, how they actually live, mm -hmm. you know, how they feel. It was, you know, sometimes I, uh, I dream, you know, and I say I would like to be in that moment yeah. to, you know, for a moment, you know, to see how was everything, yeah, you me know. Too. So I asked him if he could tell us about a woman in Mayan history, and he immediately said, Zazelha, mm. of course. <laughs> <laughs> never heard of her. <laughs> yeah, I've never heard of her. Her name is Sasilha. Um, well, Sasilha is the mother of my race, right? Mm -hmm. This is how uh, our color, you know, get mixed for the first time. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is why it's really important to bring up this history about Sasilha. Her name means flower in the water. And that was crazy because I had just been swimming around these flowers in the water. Mm. Really, I like froze to admire them thinking, look at this incredible thing blooming here in such a place. Um, and then Gabo said. Sasil ha. Ha. Ha means water. water? Yeah. yeah. Ha. Sasil. So Sasil. Flower in the water. Sasil ha. We were just swimming over there this morning and noticed yeah. the one Well, those are Sasil has. They are? Yes. What? Those what? are Sasilha. You've been swimming around Sasilhas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sign. Yep. <laughs> wow, cool. Okay, we'll begin with a shipwreck. Ooh. 1511. The best way to begin any story. Yes. A Spanish ship laden with gold is traveling from Panama to Santo Domingo, and it's downed in a storm. Uh, it was part of an expedition in uh, El Dariam in Honduras, okay, with Captain Valdivia. They were coming back full of gold. They were caught by a storm in the middle of the ocean. Well, the ship went all the way down and 21 of these guys start swimming. And after 11 days, they were attached to very small pieces of wood and, and trying to survive. They arrived in the coast of Cozumel. Okay, here, just right in front of us. Yikes! And they wash up on the shore. They've made it. But when they look up, they find that there is a huge group of native people staring at them. <laughs> the Maya. You know, the Mayas in this place, they were in, in celebrations. So 
they thought that was a, a gift from Chuan Ek, which is uh, the god of uh, war, you know, and death. So they would sacrifice them uh, for him. Imagine how that must have been. You're the Maya, you're like having a festival to uh. honor the gods, and then the ocean sort of just spews out these bizarre <laughs> looking hairy people, maybe, <laughs> you, like you've never seen before. People that they never seen before in their lives. How, what was the impression, you know? How they will see them. I'm pretty sure they didn't see them as humans for the first time, you know? And the Maya probably looked pretty terrifying to the Spaniards as well, because they had red paint on their skin, um, ah. nose rings, elongated earlobes. They wore bright feathers on their head, <laughs> bones in their ears and in their nose. You know, these are like nothing they've seen before. Ah. And they pull the Spaniards off of the driftwood and they say, they're a gift from the gods. Let's eat them. Yeah. <laughs> right. So they did. <laughs> oh. oh, the end. <laughs> But two of them, they did not eat. Two ah. of them, we know, were enslaved instead. Gonzalo Guerrero was one of the prisoners that the Mayas kept with another guy called Jerónimo de Aguilar. And they kept them uh, as slaves. They would feed them, but they would make them work really, really hard, you know. These names, they might ring a bell. If people have listened to our episode, The Translator, Monsignor. Oh, yeah. Yes, do you remember the shipwrecked Spaniards? Yeah. These are the very same shipwrecked okay. Spaniards. Yes, Aguilar the monk and Guerrero, who is a carpenter. He had special skills. Gonzalo Guerrero had special skills. Uh, he knew how to uh, do stuff with wood, you know, like little chairs. So that called a lot of the attention of the local Mayas in, in Cozumel, and they will decide not to, to sacrifice him, you know, not to kill him. <laughs> because he will do uh, special things, things that the Mayas will never see before, and that will impress them. So they will say, we're not going to kill him, right? We will see what this gentleman can do for us. Maybe he can be useful. They thought he was like a weird-looking alien guy, but he could do these things they had never seen before. Like, Gabo told us how he could take a string or a piece of gut and mm. carve some wood and make music, make a guitar, which they had never heard before. Mm. Cool! When he was living with the chief Nachan Khan, leader of the Mayas, in a place called Shamanha, that today we know as uh, Playa del Carmen, and all of this area, right, from Cancun all the way to Tulum and Chetumal, all around the coast, there will be different cities, you know. Uh, the history says that he meets Sasir Heights, believe she was 16 years old, when she met Gonzalo Guerrero, Nachan Khan's daughter or sister, we don't know, you know. Mm. And actually he, he, he really fell in love with the whole culture and he fell in love with her. Now this is why we need a movie of this plot because <laughs> there needs to be a montage here, right? Mm. First they catch each other's eye, then they give each other the time of day. Mm. And 
I feel like they must have connected over the fact that they could see that spark in each other yeah. that nobody else could see because as far as the Maya were concerned, they were both nothing. Right. And so they fell in love. But this kind of love is not okay. It's not right. okay <laughs> because not only is he a weird alien outsider, but mm. the Maya do not like the way that he is treating mm. Zasil Ha. The rest of the people will actually believe that that guy is not from this world. And look at that woman going with that man that is not from this world, you know. So she did not care what the people was saying, you know. It was more the power of love than anything else. I believe she was also a very brave woman because uh, she was going against everything that the religion, their traditions and everything especially if she was part of royalty, as history was saying, mm -hmm. you know, to go against everything that uh, their traditions and religion and laws in the culture will say go against it. It means she was really brave mm -hmm. to go against all of this, uh, I believe, for love, right? So they have a problem with her seeing him as a human, but they also have a problem with the way he sees her. Mm. Problem number one, he appears to value her intelligence. <laughs> problem two, he lets her speak. Problem three, he listens to her ideas. Uh-oh. The woman had not a very uh, good position in the Maya culture because they were not allowed to talk. Women? Exactly. What? They were not allowed, I mean, they can talk, right, between yeah. them, but they were not allowed to talk in front of men, okay? So for them to speak, you know, in front of people, oh that was really something amazing that probably the Mayas won't actually believe they will live to see a woman speaking in front of the people. So this is why I say it's really important and that they were really brave yeah. to do it. Because if one of these ones will dare to do that just because she wants, probably she's going to get killed in front of everybody. <laughs> so this is why I insist that uh, they were very brave because they went against everything, you know, that they were supposed to do yeah. or go. Wow. <laughs> so he comes in, the Spaniard, who's like, actually, I happen to know some powerful and very smart women, namely the <laughs> Queen of Spain. I believe women actually have things to contribute and are of value. It's a really good way to get eaten. Good her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Good point. But but not if Zasilha is as brilliant as he suspects that she is. They fell in love. They dared to love each other. But what I love so much about this love story is the, the way they lifted each mm. other up. It was the respect they gave each other that made everything mm. possible. At this 
moment, it really just looks like they're daring in their love because it's real and right. true. And Guerrero, he's adopted Mayan ways. He speaks their language. He's covered himself in tattoos. He even made a special effort to tell the Maya, look, these Spaniards, um, we're not gods. We're not supernatural beings. We're not anything mysterious. We're human just like you. And he even cut mm. himself to show the king. He actually cut a little bit himself, you know, and showed them the blood, right? And showed them, you know, we have the same blood that you have. Uh, we're not gods. They didn't know that their love was going to turn out to be such a big mm. deal, such a saving grace for everyone in the Yucatan. But... That's life, I guess. <laughs> I don't think she realized, you know, how important the fight that she was doing, uh, how important was. I don't think nobody realized in that moment how important the fight. Right now, many of our listeners are probably in the same situation that we are, trying to cope with a back-to-school that doesn't look anything like what we or our kids are used to. And that's why it really is the perfect time to start a subscription to Girls Can Crate. Every month, they'll deliver a brand new real-life Shiro to your front door, introducing kids to a fascinating woman who changed the world, complete with a gorgeous 28-page activity book, all the materials for two to three STEAM activities like experiments, art projects, and more. Girls Can Create is a lifesaver for anyone trying to homeschool, hybrid school, or just entertain their kids, and it's a wonderful educational surprise for any kid from ages 5 to 10. And for busy families, they have mini crates and digital subscriptions too. Check them out now at girlscancrate.com. And don't forget to use the code HERNAME, all one word, to get 20% off your first crate on any subscription. Girlscancrate, C-R-A-T-E dot com. Get it for your kid. Keep it for yourself. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, when we speak of the Maya in, say, like 1515, that's about okay. where we're at right now, it's worth noting this is not the Maya who built those giant pyramid right. temples. Yeah, the Mayan collapse and all of a sudden all of these cities just get abandoned and nobody knows why. And Yeah, and so, of course, there's like all kinds of theories from um, deforestation, and, um, war, rebellion, or, of course, the aliens went home. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's obviously it. And the Yucatan was abandoned for centuries. Hmm. And we do now know for sure it was deforested. It was just a no man's land. Hmm. But in those centuries that the Maya were gone, that they had abandoned all of this, hmm. a surprising ally rebuilt the rainforest. 
who helped, you know, or what helped to rebuild all of this? Uh, well, it was especially the spider monkeys. Because the monkeys, they love these um, sort of trees that we have here, that is Chico Zapote and Ramon. So they eat, you know, the fruits and they eat it, everything with the seeds. So when they digest, you know, they spread the seeds around the jungle oh. and another tree grow up. So it talks around 200 years and it was again, you know, green. So the Mayas came back oh. and they were using those same cities. Oh, cool. Yeah, I love that. Especially because I'd spent the previous day chasing Gabo through the rainforest. He's like, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> and we're like following these group of spider monkeys that's swinging through the trees above our heads. And Gabo's telling us what's going on. This male is establishing <laughs> dominance over that male. And I was just straight up National Geographic yeah, for a second I've, there. <laughs> I've never been to the Yucatan, but I had a very similar experience in Belize and in Costa Rica with spider monkeys and howler mm. monkeys and capuchin monkeys all swinging around all around me going, oh. what is my life? <laughs> it is so awesome. And now the Akumal Nature Reserve, it helps rehabilitate wild spider monkeys to release them back into the rainforest. Cool. So this is kind of cool. They're kind of returning the favor, right? Yeah. The, the monkeys brought the rainforest back, and now humans, the Maya, are trying to bring the monkeys cool. back from the brink. So our Maya, Zazelhaz Maya, they're the people who came back, and they found the long-abandoned pyramids and cities, and they lived in the Yucatan mm. again. Now, while Gonzalo Guerrero is coming to embrace his new life and his new Mayan identity, he knew more than any Maya. He knew who the Spanish mm. were. He knew they were coming, and they were coming to annihilate, and mm. he knew that. Zazelha mm. believed him, and she said, we got to share this knowledge, not just with our people, but with all the Maya. They need to know what's coming. They need to know who and what the Spanish mm. really are. And that was a really radical move in itself, because in Maya culture, knowledge is not shared. Knowledge is kept. It's protected. That's the source of power. The thing also is that the Mayas, uh, as they were very small kingdoms, you know, and the royalty won't share their knowledge to the other ones. They will always be fighting, you know, they will always have war. And... But Guerrero and Zazelha, they want to share the knowledge. They want to spread the word. And Guerrero especially, he's got a really important message. He says, we Spanish, we're not your friends. Uh, we're not gods. Uh, we want just, we want to take over. And they will come, they will. So I think we should be ready to protect our families, to protect our land. And they decided the only way they could possibly survive was to band together all the Maya, the whole Yucatan. But that wasn't the Mayan way at that point. These small Mayan kingdoms, they're all just rivals, yeah. nemeses. They never unified for anything. They were constantly fighting with each other. So, Zazilha set to work. They needed to get organized because they were very small communities that will fight against each other, you know, and I don't like you, and they will fight. But when one he was a little bit bigger or smarter, mm -hmm. okay, we'll convince the other one to get together and be bigger and bigger and bigger. So over here, as I told you, it was Shamanha, Tulum, Akumal, and they were all different kingdoms, 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 kingdoms. Well, Sasirha made all of them together. 
okay, to come together and protect the whole Yucatan. Sasirha, I think it was the most important one because Nachankan did not want to get involved in any problem. Sasirha, it was the one who communicated what Gonzalo Guerrero wanted to say to the other leaders. So she had to communicate the other leaders and it was really hard for a woman in that time go and talk to the leaders, especially from another community. So she had to break so many rules to go ahead. So she will actually be a very important part of the resistance of Yucatan. And while they're doing that, while they have this grand vision, they know the Spanish are coming, they don't know when, they know they have to get the Maya to unify as quick as possible. But they're also building a life together. They had kids. His first son's name was Martin. Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, the daughter was Nicteja. That's my sister's name, Nicteja. Is she named after yes. her? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Nicteja. Wow. And they became king and queen what? of their Mayan state. <laughs> it's just Yay! amazing. I mean, they both start out as nothing. He is this yeah. shipwrecked outsider. Right. And she is a woman who dares to speak. But everything comes with a price. Yikes. <laughs> they had three kids, but their first daughter, they had to offer in sacrifice oh. at Chichen Itza to end a plague of locusts. Oh. That's just the way. The yep. oldest is the most precious. That's the one that gets sacrificed. Oh. So that would have been you had we been born in a different time and place. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I am the most precious and the best. <laughs> I mean, and so killing you would do us the most. Wait a good minute. Wait, no. Of all of equality, the kids. equality for all. <laughs> no, too late. I'm sure it would have abated after we killed you. <laughs> and so that's what happened. That's what happened with their oldest daughter. I don't like this story anymore. <laughs> Also, they had to be really strong because they knew that sooner or later, the rest of these um, conquistadores will arrive mm. and they will do something to their families. They had to be really strong mentally to go ahead and have a nice relationship or family. And of course, the Spanish did arrive. Yeah. But in a strange form, in the form of Geronimo Aguilar, the other shipwrecked Spaniard who was enslaved in a neighboring village, hmm. he showed up with incredible news. He said, great news. Hernan Cortes is here. Mm. The Spanish conquest has begun and we can free ourselves and go and join him in the conquest of Mexico. Mm. Aguilar's account says that Zasilha was sitting there, part of the conversation. <laughs> she got incredibly angry at Aguilar uh -oh. and said, how dare you suggest that his place is anywhere but here. This is his family. He is our king. And she threw him out. 
Cortez sent a contingent into Maya territory a couple times to test the waters, and each time the soldiers came back beaten, and they could not hmm. figure it out. In the beginning, they did not understand how is how come it looks like the Mayas know where we are getting in, how we are moving, and then they understand it was Gonzalo Guerrero who was teaching them. He already knew, right? He was part of all of these techniques. Yeah. When Cortes realized, so they decided to start moving to the north part of Mexico because Jerónimo de Aguilar told Hernán Cortes, so just let's forget about Gonzalo Guerrero and we're going to move to the north part of Mexico. I heard, I heard about a big city made of gold. They were talking about Tenochtitlan. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this is why they decided to move. And he gave them 25 years, you know, to Gonzalo Guerrero yeah. and Sasilja, yeah. you know, to live yeah. in peace. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing to me, this moment in history. And, and Guerrero didn't just train the men how to fight the Spanish, which is mm. what you would have done if you were right. Maya, right? But he trained Zazilha too. She was there wow. learning the exact same skills. She became a warrior queen leading her people on the battlefield. Oh, cool. <laughs> a woman. And previously women were yeah. dirt, you know. No talking. Let alone have an opinion, wow. let alone be a leader. And she wielded a sword. She knew how to fight on horseback, wow. which was a very new thing. Yeah. She was fierce. Wow. She was a brave woman, that she was against everything that the culture and in that moment, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, that she fight for uh, the love to, to her family. Mm -hmm. And she learned how to speak Spanish, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, we know that she helped also just like a, like a warrior in the fights, you know? Na yes, against uh, the Spanish people with, next to his uh, husband. They kept their sandcastle hmm. for 25 years. Ah. <laughs> In fact, the whole of the Yucatan kept their sandcastles for 25 wow. years. <laughs> um, long enough to have a family. Gonzalo Guerrero lives to, like, a ripe old age. He's into his 60s, well hmm. into his 60s. But the Spanish yeah. were coming. It was inevitable, and they knew it. So they stayed hmm. ready. Can you imagine just building your entire life knowing at any moment it will all be destroyed. That's nuts. So she was around uh, 26, 27, maybe 30 years old when the Spanish people arrived again for, you know, yeah. to take over. Yeah. So she was very experienced. Mm. And if she was brave when she was 16, can you imagine how strong she will be when she was probably 25 or 30? Mm. Francisco de Montejo, you know, arrive over here in Yucatan, and the Mayas were really strong by that time. So they just kicked them out. Exactly. From the beach? Yes, from the beach. Wow. Take them away. <laughs> they left. It took them another 15 years to come back. Okay. So they actually, <laughs> in the end, yeah. they arrived, right? So what did they do? They realized the only way that they can beat um, Gonzalo Guerrero and all his Maya army. Yeah. Okay, it was uh, attacking from both sides. Mm -hmm. So they came from the Yucatan and they came from Honduras. Oh. Okay, but they came from Honduras first. 
So the messages arrive to this area, and they say, to go, because Gonzalo Guerrero was a known guy by that, yeah. by that time, everybody in the Maya world will know who's Gonzalo Guerrero, mm -hmm. you know, the white uh, bird man, you mm -hmm. know, and they will ask for help. So Gonzalo Guerrero jumped into 150 canoes with 50 Mayas each, and they left all the way to Honduras. Zazoha stayed to defend their kingdom in its modern-day Playa del Carmen. So that's like in between Cancun mm. and Tulum. They, uh, Francisco de Montejo with another army came. Wow. Okay. And um, they, of course, they would, uh, you know, she was a warrior. Yeah. She already knew how to protect their family, how to fight, you know. He already knew uh, techniques that Gonzalo Guerrero will uh, teach her. That's why he had the confidence to go and, lead, and let her, you know, with her kids. So Gonzalo Guerrero arrived in Honduras. They fought, they fight against uh, the Spanish people. Uh, they shoot at him, you know, in the heart and according to the histories that his last words were like, take care of my family and never stop fighting. The Spanish soldiers, when they were cleaning up the battlefield, were shocked to find among the dead a Spaniard with a beard, but his body totally covered in tattoos. And it's their accounts that is our best evidence that Gonzalo Guerrero died in that battle. So it was really weird for them to see a Spanish guy mm -hmm. dressed, all dressed up like a Maya with big holes in the ears, you know, in the phone, with tattoos, you know, in the face. Mm -hmm. So they didn't know who he was, but a lot of them have heard about Gonzalo Guerrero, so when they saw him, they knew immediately they killed Gonzalo Guerrero, mm -hmm. okay? And this is how they take over, because when Gonzalo Guerrero died, the whole army stopped fighting. Oh. They, they, oh. they didn't have their leader no more. Yes, and this is how uh, Francisco de Montejo took over and they conquered Yucatan. Okay, but what happened to Zazoha? Ah! She was the leader, of course. She was the one who will lead the warriors to battle. So I believe it was not very easy also for whoever came, you know, in her community. I believe they fight uh, really, really hard. Yeah and that they resist uh, a lot, you know. Yeah. And I believe she was not hiding somewhere, but protecting her family, wow. you know. So, you know, I try to put myself in their shoes, you know, and try to picture the moment. And then uh, you realize how brave you need to be to do this kind of stuff, to protect with your life, you know your whole community. I believe that in the end, probably she knew how important, mm. you know, <clears throat> she was. And her actions were, and the decisions that she took, how important they were for the family and community, and probably that gives her more um, courage, you know, to, to be strong and to fight. She died, we believe, in battle. We believe in battle. Really? Yes. 
in the beginning, well, to be honest, right, in the beginning for the, for the Mayas to see them, you know, they were very different to us, okay? But she fell in love and she went against everything, you know, to keep her love. And that was the best that she could do, not only for her, but for all the community without knowing. Because thanks to that love that they had, they resisted for 25 years. And we are here, thanks to that. You know, I mean, my people, my family even. The Maya were conquered, mm. but not before Zasil Ha and Guerrero had created a new race mm. and restructured the Mayan people and given women a voice and they put the Maya and the Spanish on mm. equal footing. They changed the world before they lost yeah. that game. She is... Mm. celebrated as the mother of mm. all of them. This is my impression about her, right? That she was a very brave woman, mm. you know, and nobody tell her what to do. Mm. This is my impression. That in the end saved her people because she went to what her heart was feeling, not what, what the mind or the rest of the people was telling her. She actually save not only the community, but the whole Yucatan and give them 25 more years of life to the Mayas. And not even the Mayas knew that, that it was thanks to her, actually, that they actually live way longer. And this is what I find so amazing about Zazelha's hmm. story. She's not fighting the Spanish, per se. She loved and married a Spaniard. Yeah. But she and Guerrero are fighting to create and then preserve uh, a new mm. way of life, uh, the Maya way of life, but with more empowered women and with more resources and mm. knowledge. It's not the story you expect. A great love story at the heart of one of history's most earth-shaking mm. conquests. Yeah. I mean, I'm amazed I hadn't heard of her, but Gabo says that people in the Yucatan have never heard of her. The story is disappearing in this the narrative of the conquest. There is in Playa del Carmen uh, the main... Um, we call them fraccionamientos. They are like um, residentials. Oh. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, the main residentials are, the names are Gonzalo Guerrero and Cecilia, just right next to. Oh. But nobody knows why. Nobody, if you go to Playa del Carmen and ask them who is Cecilia, nobody knows nobody. who exactly. Nobody knows. This is really sad because, uh, especially here, the people is not really interested. I don't know. I think we are losing a lot our traditions, uh, um, our culture, 
Uh, this is why I believe that it's really important to get into the yeah. history yeah. and get to know a little bit more about her because she was really important, as mm -hmm. I say, you know, is the mother of the race, of, mm -hmm. of, of, the, of the actual culture right now, of all the mestizos that we are over here. The history, I believe it's been manipulated, you know, so we can honor some, some people. So this is, one more time, this is why I believe it's really important to get deeper into history and, yeah. and, and, and so we can share and get to know more about Sasirha because yeah. I believe it's really important and I, I am pretty sure that uh, we will know and we will be very impressed, you know, about Sasirha. This is one of those huge what-ifs. What if yeah. they had won? That's a marriage of old and new worlds where they're trying to create like the right. best of both worlds. M mixing instead of oh, conquest. And what if? But even today, I wonder, even though they weren't the winners, what if we put them in the spotlight? What if their story was yeah. the one that we all told? And there's even a Zazilha Cenote outside hmm. Tulum popular with tourists, but I couldn't find any travel guide that mentioned the connection of the actual wow. Zazilha with the name of that cenote. And some of them even just said Zazilha means clear uh. water. <laughs> no, no, don't you know? <laughs> it's actually wow. amazing. There's got to be more out there about Zazilha. There has to be more we can unearth. Cool. What she dared to do and what she dared to build, knowing full well the risks inherent mm. in all of it, I am just in awe. She was going against everything for uh, the love and a love to her family. So I believe that we should learn that uh, it really doesn't matter where you're from. Uh, we are all the same and part of this big living organism. Special thanks to Gabrielle Keme and the Okumal Monkey and Nature Reserve. Gabo especially invites visitors to the Yucatan and encourages you to venture out of the resorts to see the real Mexico, and I cannot recommend it enough. In fact, if you enjoy traveling, you can now travel with what's-her-name, 
check out our website, whatshernamepodcast.com, where you can get all the details on two upcoming trips in 2021. Visit sites and meet the scholars that we interview in your favorite episodes of What's Her Name. We're going to Greece and to Britain in 2021. What's Her Name Podcast.com. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, where we post lots of additional content each week. Music for this episode was provided by Musica Maya, Ricardo Lorenzo and Jorge Ramos, Jeff Kuno, Safik, The Mini Vandals, and Chris Hagen. Our theme song was composed and performed by Daniel Foster Smith. And I'd like to extend a very special thanks to my audio tech on site in Mexico, Shelby Durant who was so dedicated to her role that I found out afterwards, she got stung by a bee while we were recording, and she just stayed utterly silent to not disturb the recording. <laughs> she didn't make a sound. <laughs> so, special thanks, Shelby Durant. We're so grateful for all of our sponsors. You can become a sponsor for as little as a buck a month to help make more episodes happen. We couldn't do it without you. Just go to our website, whatshernamepodcast.com, and click on Donate. Thanks for donating. Thanks for listening. Registration is now open on What's Your Name's Yucatan Tour 2024. Join us in Mexico as we walk in the footsteps of Zazel Ha, learn traditional Mayan cooking, tour Mayan ruins, snorkel with sea turtles, and so many more off-the-beaten-track adventures with our wonderful little band of kindred spirits. Spots are going fast, so sign up now on our website at whatsyournamepodcast.com. We can't wait to see you there.